Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back and better than ever recording for the first time in the new and improved Sharpshooter Studios right here in Oakland, Tennessee. It is the Chick Foley Show, and we are getting ready for double or nothing this weekend. Before we get into all the big matches on the show, let's start by introducing the stars of our show, the Chick Foley Show podcast. Sheena, how you doing? Doing good. Well, technically, we're not in Sharpshooter Studio yet. We kind of have a makeshift setup going on here tonight, uh, but we will have like a full like podcast setup, which will be nice in the new house. We don't have to, you know, for for the entirety of this podcast, we've had like a mobile studio where we literally break it down and set it up every single time we record. So it's going to be nice to have like somewhere in the house that is just stationary, always set up so we can we're ready to pod at any given time. So super excited for that. But yeah. Well, we're, we're in Tennessee. Welcome, Tennessee, Seth. Yeah, this is, uh, we moved into the house a week ago, but all of our stuff just got here yesterday. So we're, <laughs> me and Sheena are currently huddled around a laptop. We got our microphone sitting on a freaking notebook in the middle of the bed, and we're <laughs> surrounded by cardboard boxes as far as the eye can see. Yeah, it's so, like walls of boxes. Literally. Yeah, we're still right in the thick of the moving in process, but we promised you guys we were going to do this show and we are going to deliver. Um, Again, we'll get into details on the move here in a little bit, but first, I want to talk to Marco, the main man up in Massachusetts. What's going on, man? Oh, nothing much. Just, uh, just super excited to hear your voices again. This is, uh, I know it's I'm been get- too long, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people saying, man. Uh, you guys gotta get back. You guys gotta come back every week and blah blah blah. And I'm like, I'm like it's it's it, it's a process right now with the uh, with the Phelps fan. But um, I'm I'm sure yeah. when, uh, everything gets settled down. We'll uh, we'll get back in get back into the thick of it as they like to say so yeah it's been, be it's been and, crazy because it uh, wasn't just the re- it wasn't just a regular move like we were literally displaced for like six weeks so it's been uh you know normally you move and then you're like in one house and then you jump to the next house and even though moving's crazy for anybody at any time when you're like displaced from your home and living with other people for six weeks it's like it, it's it's extra grateful f- for our family for hosting us they were amazing hosts but it feels so good to be in our own space. Yep, uh, definitely. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that actual studio set up so we don't got to go uh, makeshift every single week. Uh, Jordan, what's going on out in Omaha? Oh, not too much. Just uh, working and getting ready for summer. Uh, kid got out of school today, so we are officially on summer break now. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting time, so I'm getting warm out, so... Yeah, I'm just excited to do this again with you guys. It feels like we haven't done one of these in, I don't know, I know it's been at least two months, so it's been a while. Well, you guys recorded one, and then I had to jump in at the very end because I was, you know, held hostage by, uh, you know, the oh, future yeah. women's champion. Yeah, we had she, we planned to do the full show. Yeah, was it maybe three or four weeks ago? And mm-hmm. Sheena just came on for a little comedy relief there at the very end. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's good to get back in the rhythm. Appreciate all the listeners, all the premium Foley fan members and all the, you know, more casual followers. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. And I I really think once we get everything up and running at the new place, uh, the show is going to be better than it's ever been before. So lots of good things to look forward to. Uh, Make sure you tell your friends. It's a great time to jump back in. If you've kind of uh, got somebody that's been on the fence about 
about checking out our podcast. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. And uh, like Seth just said, you know we have our Foley fam over on Facebook. Super awesome group. You can find us and everything that goes along with that at ChickFoleyShow.com. Yeah. Uh, also check out the Pod Foundation. I know Marco's running that IG account over there. Uh, the Extra Cooler Show coming down the aisle and Turnbuckle Tavern. I really think between those three and us, um, we're all you need for for your wrestling uh, podcast material. Those guys, hats off to them, the entire crew for holding it down while we've kind of been, you, um, yeah. you know, out of our normal battle rhythm on the podcasting. Can't Marco's still enough. been podcasting every week. You're, you're, you're welcome. welcome. You're welcome. Seth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Marco's kind of got a. He's yeah. He's he's a tavern member and a uh, Chick Fil A show member now. So, <laughs> but no, seriously, we appreciate you guys. Um, just can't say enough good things. And we'll, I think it's about time we do another round of uh, the uh, the cross promotion and get get some of the uh, the fellow Pod Foundation members in the mix on, on the Chick Foley show. So listen up for that over the next couple of weeks and months. We want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your purchases at Ringside Collectibles. There's a lot of great stuff over there. Um, we were planning on doing a pretty in-depth figure segment with some reviews and stuff tonight, but there's 11 matches we got to get through on Double or Nothing. So uh, probably maybe Monday we, we might come back with just an exclusively uh, figure-related episode. So stay tuned to that on the feed. Uh, we'll definitely have more details when that comes out. And keep it locked on Chalkline. It's about to be Chalkline short season, so you know that's always a highlight around here. A lot of hot stuff dropping over the next couple of weeks and months from Chalkline, and make sure to support them. Uh, Sheen, you want to catch the listeners up on what the the last couple of weeks have been like for us? Yeah, so we moved. You know, like I said, so we moved to Oakland, Tennessee. We've been staying with uh, family for the last six weeks. It's been great, you know. But again, it just feels it just feels so good to be in our own space. And crazy story. I won't go into the whole thing about how we ended up getting this house, but we looked at this house, and if you know anything about the housing market right now, it's crazy. If you're a buyer. Um, just the competition out there and the market is crazy. And, you know, this house kind of just came, came around to us and, uh, we came and checked it out, fell in love with it. Uh, a lot of things happened and we ended up, it ended up falling into our laps. So we're so stoked. Um, you know, if you guys follow me at all on my personal account or know me personally, you know, I'm like hardcore into like, you know, <laughs> holistic health, you know, homesteading, all that kind of stuff. And uh, we have a perfect little setup here, our little suburban homestead. We're kind of in the country, but our neighborhood is like surrounded by... It's like a subdivision in the country. Subdivision in the rural, yeah, in the rural We're Tennessee. in a small town though. We're not in Norfolk anymore. Like it's, <laughs> no. We got a Walmart. That's about I said, the I said something it. the other day to Seth. I said, I'm going to go to Target. He said, Target? Target's like 35 minutes away. You know that, right? <laughs> I was like, oh man, I forgot. We're like way out here in the country, which 35 minutes doesn't seem that but it's a long 35 minutes. It's like a 35 minute through, through the, the country, and through stuff. the country roads, you put uh, some highway miles on to get to that, uh, <laughs> get to target. Yeah. Um, and we, we, you know, so we've, we started setting up everything first order of business. I went and got myself some, some chickens. We got some eggs laying. Uh, it's been, it's been fantastic. So the kids love it. I'll give you guys kind of a tour around. I'll try to post some things on the Instagram. I don't know how much, you know, homesteading wrestling crossover we have out there, but, um, I'll, I'll post some pictures of the house and stuff. I mean, you got hillbilly gym, you got, <laughs> the, you got the Godwin, so that's right. Yeah, there's a history with it. Yeah, maybe that could be my new gimmick. I can be like the mo- a modern day uh, Godwina, you know. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Never again. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, I think with that, we should just move on to the pay-per-view for this Sunday. <laughs> we're we're going to let the Godwina just kind of simmer and end the conversation on that one. Listen, I'm going to make that into a t-shirt just no, because you guys, just because you guys are no. being so dramatic about it. No. If you start calling yourself Godwina, I'm off. Same. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be just solo podcast for oh, Sheena. Oh man. Marco's probably the nice side of all of us. So maybe mean, he'll I'll, stick with you. I'll stick around for a little bit just to see what what it what it's like, but then if uh, what it goes to, it could blow dead. up. What's going to happen if Godwina the Godwina podcast blows up? I it's hope not going to happen. Hope, hope yeah. it's yeah, I, I make, I'm going to make all of my little paddocks that I have my animals in 20 by 20. You know what I mean? It's going to be like wrestling related farm. All right. <laughs> yeah. I can hear people hitting the unsubscribe button as we're uh, already wrong. As we're wrong. <laughs> all right. Let's get into double or nothing. So first up, we will start with the pre-show match. So uh, one thing to note, like Sheena kind of talked about before it's been hectic the last six weeks for her. She actually left um, Norfolk on April 10th and her and the kids came out here on May 22nd. So if you're doing the, the redneck math at home, that's 42 days, six weeks that she was gone uh, watching the kids at my parents' house, which again, if you have small kids, our kids are two and four. It's just not a vacation time. You got to worry about them breaking stuff. They're just not in their space. They don't have all their normal toys and stuff and everything. And they have the grandparents around that are just letting them run like helter skelter, dude. Like it's like, you know, the grandparents, like it's, they get away with murder. So so it's like the discipline is like not there at all either. So there's no boundaries, right? There's none of the stuff to entertain. So you're stuck entertaining a couple unruly kids like all day long. Don't get me wrong. You know, there are reason for living. Like I couldn't ask for anything better out out of our kids, but uh, it can definitely be exhausting. So um, I said all that to say that Sheena has watched maybe one episode of Dynamite in the last six weeks. Yeah, right? I've so, caught some. I've caught some clips, and I listened to Turnbuckle Tavern. So I'm like, you know, I'm 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 trying to keep up. I'm yeah, a uh, I'm a degenerate, so I've still been watching. You know, I know Jordan and Marco have been keeping up with everything. So hopefully that doesn't turn off the the hard hardcore wrestling fans too much. But I think this is going to give us a unique opportunity to get the perspective of somebody who's kind of been watching kind of uh, from a distance over over the last month and a half. So we're going to have like a really fresh perspective from Sheena on these matches. So we're going to kind of let her kick it off. Um, You know, we don't necessarily got to get predictions on every single match. We'll kind of just go through and kind of give our thoughts about where some of these storylines are going and, and uh, you know, how we think everything's going to shake out on Sunday. So we'll start it off with the pre-show match. Hookhausen, the team of Hook and Danhausen going up against Tony Nice and smart Mark Sterling. Sheena, give us your initial take on this match. So the whole Hook Danhausen thing, I, I wasn't on board with it at first because I was like, man, Hook is so above Danhausen. No, no offense to Danhausen, dude, but they're just two totally different types of guys. You know what I mean? Um, and then you know they've kind of formed this this like uh, unsuspecting friendship and stuff. And I, I'm kind of on board with it. I have a feeling this is going to be like a straight squash, man. I feel like they're going to put Hookhausen over. Um, I don't know what's to come of these two as far as like you know the future, what the future holds for them. Um, I think Hook is, you know, set to be just a star. But, um, yeah, I think this is definitely going to be a, a squash in Hookhausen's favor. Yeah, I'll kind of be the party pooper. I think you were on the right track there saying that this is below Hook because I think I think you're right on that, man. I think this is below Hook. So he definitely kind of 
hit it as a meme wrestler, similar to Danhausen. Uh, the whole sin hook thing kind of just became a joke with people, you know, hyping up his debut so much. But then the bell rang and the dude can go right. Like he legit, yeah. he had the presence. Um, you know, again, he seems like a chip off the block from and his he's dad. A good, and he's a good looking dude. You know what um, I mean? He's a good looking little dude. Yeah, I mean I, that doesn't really factor into my analysis. But, well, I think, um, I think <laughs> he is. It's when you're looking at a guy like Danhausen and you're looking at a little like a cute little guy like Hook. You know what I mean? Like there's there's people that you want to look at on your television. You know what I mean? Like. I guess that's not where I was going with this one though. So I think Hook <laughs> is a, uh, a, a star, man. I, I think he kind of overcame the meme thing. Um, but I guess they kind of, it seems like this is an idea that they had for a long time, probably from the moment they signed uh, Dan Housen. So they're just going to go with it anyways. But I just, I don't want to see Hook get too much caught up in the comedy. Again, there's room for a little bit of comedy in wrestling, but, um, but I don't know, man. I feel like Hook had a pretty badass thing going now. And this is kind of just, Sending him, sending him astray a little bit, but it should be a good experience either way. I agree. I think they're totally going to win this thing. Uh, Jordan, what, what's your take on this match? Yeah, this is a straight up squash. This will be squash of the year, probably. Um, I don't know, man. I've always liked Dan Housen. I, I like his. I know he's not the greatest wrestler, but dude, his gimmick is awesome, and he's going to bring Hook all the human money. So it's it's interesting <laughs> interesting i just don't think it translates to like mainstream tv i don't know you know i know there's a lot of people that love dan Housen and they'll tell you like oh you just don't understand his gimmick well i mean that's a problem i feel like that's a problem if you're trying to present this guy on tv and yep. there's like millions of people watching that don't understand the gimmick you yep. know yeah he's definitely one of those guys that if you're watching with people who aren't wrestling fans like it may be a little like low-key cringe when you try to explain what it is he, he's definitely for the uh the hardcores. Uh, Marco, what do you think, man? Any chance Tony Neese and Smart Mark pull off the upset here? Um, I mean, judging from that one-on-one that uh, Dan Housen had with Tony Neese, hopefully that doesn't happen. We pretty much just squashed <laughs> it in two seconds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if he, if, I mean, it, I think it's going to be for the comedy, obviously Dan Housen and, you know, Smart Mark are going to do their thing. But I think the real like match is definitely going to be between Tony Neese and, and Hook. Um, and I'm thinking, obviously, I'm thinking Hook. Hookhausen's gonna win. Um, but I'm thinking this year buy in for Hook, next year on the main card. Definitely. I see him that well, not even next year, the, the next pay-per-view. I think he'll be on the main card. I think this is just like a one just to get him in the door and you know get more eyes on him in the pay-per-view um scene. And I think he'll be done with this. I don't think this is gonna last too long, the Hookhausen thing. All right. Up next we have our first championship match of the night. It's the TBS championship. Jade Cargill going up against Anna Jay. Sheena, what's your thoughts? Well, by all accounts, this was just kind of thrown together on Rampage uh, based on what, I, what I've heard from the two bad chads. And I think there's no way. There, there's no way they're going to let Anna Jay get over on Jade Cargill, not with the, the streak that she's had and the run that she's on. Yeah, this strikes me as challenger of the month. Yeah. Um, all the way. Uh, Marco, what do you think? Any chance of uh, Anna Jay getting the win here? Um. No, I mean obviously they have the they're billing it as like the rematch because, uh, you know, obviously they faced off before for the uh the uh the the title as well. So yeah, I don't think I mean obviously uh, Anna Jay has no has no uh chance of beating uh Jade Cargo man is yeah she's she's definitely on like a meteoric rise um and she's just gonna pretty much squash anyone that gets in her way. So yeah, Jade Cargo definitely. Uh, the Dark Order seem like they've kind of been just MIA for the most part the last few weeks, well, man. Are they? Uh, what's the latest with them? Well, uh, the, uh, what's his name? Stu. Um, 
is gone. Yeah, he's he's not with AEW anymore. So um, I'm not sure if that's like, I mean, him and obviously um, Uno were the main two guys for Dark Order. So I don't, I'm not sure if you can, you know, have that continue without him personally. Maybe they're just going to like slowly uh, but surely disband the Dark Order at some point, just like get rid of them all. I'm assuming anyway, but yeah. I don't think that. that I, don't think I know it's run its. I, I feel like it has run its course a little bit, but it, it is kind of sad. Yeah, yeah, they've definitely had a good run. Jordan, you got anybody that you think you could uh, put in the mix for the Dark Order to kind of rejuvenate them? Uh, I mean, there is one person, but they would have to fork out all the money for Bray. Bray would be the obvious choice, honestly. I mean, I, I think that would really do a lot for them. But problem yeah, is, be- like a lot of those guys. I mean, they are good. But it's just, I don't know how far they can go um, on their own. So, yeah, yeah. it's just kind of a dead, dead faction right now, honestly. It, it sucks because I like those guys, but it is what it is. All right, yeah, so we are all in agreement that the age of Jade is going to continue. Let's get to our first, or excuse me, our second tag team match of the night. It's the six-man tag. This is House of Black going up against Death Triangle. Sheena, take it away. I mean, I'm really hoping that House of Black wins this. Um, no offense to Death Triangle. I mean, they're they're great, but I feel like um, you know, Penta and Ray Phoenix need to just get back to doing their own thing without without Pac. You know what I mean? No, like, I feel like they're just better as a tag team versus to be in Death Triangle. And God knows we need to do something with Malachi Black before the the bubble bursts on him. Um, and dude, House of Black is so freaking mage. Like, I don't know why. We're just holding back on them. You know, I don't know what, what the deal is, why we've had Malachi, uh, Malachi Black in AEW for, you know, over a year now, I think. And still nothing has really come of it, you know? Yeah, I like, uh, I actually do like Death Triangle, but I agree with you 100% on House of Black. Like, this is the second straight pay-per-view where they're just working a six-man tag. They had that uh, that weird one, the last pay-per-view. I think it was actually even on the pre-show against uh, Eric Rowan and Friends. Mm-hmm. Um I actually think this match has potential to end up being the match of the night. I don't know how much time they're going to get, but I have no doubt that oh, all six of these guys are yeah. going to—they're going to rock the house with their match. So um, this definitely has steal the show potential. But yeah, it definitely seems like House of Black is kind of just stuck in the mid card when Malachi Black should be—you uh, know—he should be up in the main event. Um, another, well, let me get you guys' thoughts on this, and I'll give you guys another name that's conspicuously absent on this pay per view. Uh, Jordan, what are you thinking on this one, man? And kind of just thoughts on House of Black so right now in uh, AEW. Yeah, so I'm in agreement with Sheena on this one. I, I just I don't feel like they've used that faction as well as they should. Um, all three of these guys, I mean, I like all three of these guys a lot, and I really feel like they could all three do something on their own. I, I just don't get it. Malachi is a, a star already, and I, I'm with Sheena. Like, I hope they don't wait too long and do nothing with him, and then all of a sudden he's gone and goes somewhere else. Because, I mean, obviously we all know how good he is. So, yeah, it's it's just weird. Um, but I, I like Death Triangle too. I mean, all three of those guys are awesome. It's just I feel like House of Black needs like a jolt or something. It's just yeah, they it's, do. It's weird because. It's not like they've done anything egregious with them. Like they're not doing anything bad no. with them. It's just they're, right. they don't, right. it doesn't feel like they're doing anything with them. They're just there. They're kind of just perpetually in the lower mid card, even though they have main event presentation. They oh, that's exactly. I was going to say they have such a main event presentation, and then they just like fight these like strange battles. That you're like, oh, 
Okay. Random. Yeah, I feel like this. it seems like this feud with Death Triangle has been going on forever also. Pac's another guy, man. It seemed like when... I don't know if he kind of rubbed people the wrong way with the issues he was having with his travel. And there were, you guys remember back mm-hmm. when the first Double or Nothing was going down, there were those yep. rumors that uh, he didn't want to put over Hangman on the pay-per-view, and that's why they ended up having their match in that weird indie show over in Europe. It feels like maybe he just pissed off some people backstage, um, which would be the second company in a row that he's done that at, because he was presented as if he was going to be one of the main the guys, guys yeah. in AEW. Um when he when he first signed, and he, he's another guy who's kind of just been stuck in the mid card. Uh, Marco, what do you think, man? Should, should Pac be doing more in AEW? Um, no, not necessarily. I think uh, I think he kind of hit it hit it on the head there. I think he kind of um, ruffled some feathers back when that uh, back when he did that with um, with Hangman, and uh, it it seems like just you know. The death triangle have been like just injuries. You know, he was injured at one point. Um, Ray Phoenix was in, injured, so it's like you really, you really can't bank on on them right now as like a as a strong unit. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think Pac needs to be doing anything more um, right now. Just you know, have this match with House of Black. Uh, House of Black wins, um, and then hopefully you know they you know Malachi gets into some type of like singles. Uh, run and you know he has like Murphy and um and uh why why can't I think of his name um Brody uh uh like back him in his uh in his singles run so yeah I, yeah I think Pac I think Pac's like time there is uh is pretty much done as far as like being a main event or even a star at an AEW yeah he could go back to uh New Japan or Dragon Gate or something and you know be a huge star there too that's always gonna be money for him so. We'll see how the rest of his 2022 goes. Uh, Another tag team match up next. This is a uh, renewed rivalry from about five years ago, right? For the Hardys went back to WWE. Mm -hmm. But you got the Hardy boys going up against the Young Bucks. Uh, My issue with this match is that it's just a straight up tag match, man. I feel like these guys need all the gimmicks. This should be a, uh, you know, I know they don't call it tables, ladders, and chairs in AEW, but that's what they should really be going for. Uh, with the, the Hardys kind of at the advanced stage of their career going up against the Bucks. Uh, yeah. Shannon, what's your take on this match? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I just feel like this match is, it's just a little bit too late. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, um, I don't know. I, I, it's going to be a great match. I'm just not like super pumped to see it. I, I think on a on a card that's got 11 matches, this one's not going to be something that I'm like, whoa, that was the best match I've ever seen. It could be, but doubtful. I feel like maybe they should have, had more of a build to it and maybe yeah. saved maybe saved the Hardys and the Bucks in AEW for like the um for like the Hardys last match. Uh Jordan, what do you think, man? What do you think of the build for Hardys and Bucks this time around? Uh I didn't think it was bad at all. Um it's just it, it kind of felt like it was thrown together. Um but I mean when you're when you got two of the best tag teams in the world, it's still gonna bring the fire, right? Uh, I always get excited for Young Bucks matches and seeing the Hardys back together again. I mean, it, it brings back the nostalgia. So the build wasn't the greatest, but I'm still excited for this match just because of who it is. Um, I, I expect them to deliver, so not worried about this one. Okay, up next, Chris Jericho's latest uh, faction, the Jericho Appreciation Society, which 
to be honest, I'm one of the most hardcore wrestler fans out there. I'm not sure if I could, you know, name the other three guys in a lineup. If you just gave <laughs> me some name tags, told me to go put them on their chest in the right spot. Going up against the uh, the combo platter of the Blackpool Combat Club, Brian Danielson and Mox with uh, Santana and Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. Sheena, what's your thoughts on Anarchy in the Arena? Yeah. First of all, we need to address the name that it's Anarchy in the Arena. Like, it's just... I don't know. I feel like it's so funny that um, I was listening to Turnbuckle Tavern and they were talking about how, um, you know, Tony Khan just got out of thesaurus instead of being stadium stampede. And he was like, you know, hmm, anarchy in the arena. Now I just can't get it out of my head. I like the Jericho Appreciation Society. I think anything that Jericho touches usually turns to gold. And he is, I mean, even though, like you said, those guys are literally just like wrestler number one, wrestler number two. I feel like... um, you know, he really he brings them up and makes them feel like the the asshole heels that that they're supposed to be. But um, man, uh, I definitely think I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm gonna go with the Combat Club on this one. I think I just, I mean I, I think it's hard to to beat Brian Danielson, John Moxley. You know what I mean? Marco, do you think this match would have been better as uh, Blood and Guts, a- a.k.a. War Games? That's where I thought they were heading when we kind of had it divided up into five on five. Yeah, I, they, they kind of it almost alluded to it, too, when they were doing that promo. Like, I thought they were going to be like, it's not going to be that. It's not going to be this. It's not going to be that. And I was like, oh, boy, they're going to do a Blood and Guts, and they're going to be, it's the anarchy in the arena, cause just to play off of the um, state, what it was, a stadium stampede stadium or whatever. Stampede, yeah. Um, we just need some alliteration. We don't care what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of a little bit of a letdown that it, it, it wasn't a uh, blood and guts match. But, I mean, I'm all for seeing um, Santino Ortiz, Eddie Kingston, and the Blackpool Combat Club um, go to town. Because, you know, it's just going to be like a, a it's going to be a brawl. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and if you think the Jericho Appreciation Society is going to win, that's, I mean, no. Blackpool Combat Club is like. <laughs> Extra, they have the you know they have XP boosted XP with uh, <laughs> with the John Moxley and freaking uh, Brian Danielson dude. Like, come on, this is- I still want to see. Uh, I want to see them do the the format like the Hollywood backlot brawl for WrestleMania 12. Remember we talked about that after the last Stadium Stampede yeah. match when it lasted like 40 minutes and it was just broken up into different segments around the arena. If they're going to do something similar to that again, I want to see them just get experimental with it. Let this be the first match of the night and let it just branch out, you know, and it can, we can just kind of go back and revisit it. Like every couple matches, have something happen in, in a different part of the arena before it, it finally, you know, you could bring them, you could bring, you know, Mox and Jericho back to the ring right before the main event to finish it off. Um, I don't know, just something different. That's a thought. That's a thought I've had in my head ever since that last stadium stampede that I think could be really cool. But uh, I'm sure this match is going to be some fun. I just hope they don't overdo it. Sometimes these matches got a tendency to kind of wear out their welcome, especially with 10 guys that all got to get their shit in. True. On such on a long card, too. This has the potential to be one of those matches that like, you know, you're just like, come on. guys. I feel like this is the one where you're like seven matches in. It's been a good show, but you're starting to look at the clock a little bit. Mm -hmm. Think about everything you got going on the next morning. And this, you're like, oh, shit, we still got this match left. You know, that's when you kind of forget about. Yeah. And then uh, it pops back up on you. But we'll which see. Is, which is sad because I love, I mean, I love Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz and, you know, Mox and, and Brian Danielson. So hopefully it's good. Yeah, time will tell. We'll, we'll see how these how these guys deliver. Though it's definitely a big showcase for all the new guys in the Jericho Appreciation Society. So I know they're going to be going hard. 
Uh, we got the big grudge match of this one. This match has probably received the most build out of everything on Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. MJF versus Wardlow with Wardlow's AEW future on the line. Yeah, I think with the stipulation here, I think I'm going to go with Wardlow. Um, I just feel like he's got so much momentum. It's time for him to finally put MJF to rest and, you know, be be the free man that he deserves to be. So um, I'm going with I'm going with Wardlow. Yeah, he's had tremendous build. I, I think Wardlow, again, I've said it before, I think the sky's the limit for him. He could totally be a main event babyface in uh, in AEW. Uh, Jordan, what do you think, man? What do you kind of see Wardlow's trajectory going after this match? Yeah, eventually this dude's going to win the title. I mean, it's just going to be a matter of time. Um, he has the look. Um, he has gotten better on the mic. I will give him that. He's still not stone cold by any means, but he's definitely getting there. Um, yeah, I agree with with you guys, Wardlow's, there's no way he's losing this match. Like they've put him on the, definitely strapped him to the rocket. So yeah, no way he's losing this. And yeah, I expect big things just like you guys do for Wardlow. Yeah, he's awesome, man. He's a natural. Like I said, I first really noticed the, the kind of baby face potential in him on the, uh, the Luke Harper, uh, tribute, you know, Mr. Brody tribute. Um, he just showed just, a lot of just natural charisma when he was just speaking from the heart. And I would, I remember thinking like if they could channel that into a sports entertainment direction, this dude is going to be straight cash and he's definitely been it so far. Um, so looking forward, I know these guys are going to tear it up in the ring. I'm slowly but surely starting to come around on MJF. You guys know before I've criticized him and called him Miz with a TVM rating. Um, dude's pretty good though, man. So I I think this match is going to crush it. He really won me over with that CM Punk match. Uh, last pay-per-view, which is really saying something because I can't stand CM Schmuck. But um, yeah, let's let's take a beverage break before we get into the second half of the card. So I'll start it off. I'll speak for me and Sheena. We are both keeping it uh, pretty basic on this beverage break, going with the tried and true. The best beer in the world, but it is a little... uh, a little routine, Miller Lite. Listen, we may have to we may have to be drinking a lot of Miller Lights uh, here lately because you know we moved from Norfolk, which had a just straight up banging craft beer scene, and now we're like out in the country where there's like there's no breweries around here. So um, you know, hopefully we can find some good liquor stores that got a a, a good craft beer selection. Yeah, we're in, we're in a craft beer desert right now after being in a craft beer oasis. Being in Norfolk, which was a cool city all the way around, but one of the true bonuses was just the craft beer scene. We had Smart Mouth and O'Connor Brewing both within about 15 minutes of our house, and I consider both of those to be world-class breweries. Those They always ha- they have an awesome baseline of their standard stuff, and they're always pumping out cool like one-off yeah. products. And Norfolk was such a good beer town that there were a lot of like the hardcore beer snobs. It would be like, oh, Smart Mouth sucks, and O'Connor sucks, and you need to try like this, this, and this place. Um, it was just it was really a great place to be uh, really the whole state of Virginia, but specifically uh, Norfolk and Virginia beach for craft beer. So mm-hmm. I don't know. There's, there's one liquor store in the little small town that we're living in right now. So I'm gonna go check it out and see what the craft beer selection is looking like there. But we may be kind of limited going forward. I may have to get back on the maker's mark on a routine <laughs> yeah. basis. Jordan knows what that's like. I do. <laughs> what are you drinking, Jordan? So I'm drinking, uh, it's called master manipulator. It's a double IPA by Drecker brewing. It's at a, Fargo, North Dakota. It's a good one. I got this for Friday the 13th a couple weeks ago. It's like a horror can. So, yeah, pretty good beer. Nice. Marco, how about you, man? 
Uh, sipping on the uh, Broken Skull American Lager right now. Um, nice. Such a smooth beer, man. So good. I mean, I mean, it's just uh, what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Just, I just, I just did the Sasha Banks when I took. Yeah, a of it. little Sasha Banks shimmy. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I, you know what? This would have been. I think if this was presented to her and she, she would actually enjoy this beer as opposed to the IPA. So yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like this would be more in Sasha Banks's lane for sure. Yeah. I mean, doing the Sasha Banks nowadays means like you just walk off in the middle of the show like <laughs> if somebody well, says something you don't like. Yeah, yeah, then you show up at a Steve Aoki uh, show and just jam out with everybody. That's what you do. <laughs> All right, let's get back to double or nothing. We will move into the finals for the men's and women's Owen Hart uh, Cup. So we'll start on the women's side. We actually don't know what the finals are going to be yet. Ruby, Soho, and Chris Statlander are going to face each other on Rampage this Friday night going up against Britt Baker. I'm not sure it's going to matter, though. Uh, Sheena, do you think there's any chance that Britt does not walk away as the Owen Hart Cup? You guys know I love the DMD, but I would love... Love, love, love to see Ruby Soho walk away with uh, with the Owen Cup. I just feel like they've had her. They need to do something with her. She, it's we're so used to seeing Britt at the top of the card and doing all the things. And I feel like we we got to push some other women. You know, like they don't even know what to do with the champion right now because she's not Britt Baker. So can we just go ahead and just you know facilitate a little bit of change and a little bit of shift so that we can move on from from Britt for a little while and just you know, give, give, give other women a chance. If this was any other kind of tournament, I would say you might be onto something, but I think with, they've already announced this, they intend for this to be an annual thing going forward. And I think with stuff like this, it's really important that you establish credibility with the first winner. And I think, you know, Britt Baker's clearly their biggest homegrown female star. Um, I think that's the easiest way to do it is by putting this first one, putting this first one on her and, you know, not to get too deep in the fantasy booking, but the story tells itself, you know, Ruby and Chris, I could see either one of them winning and going on to the finals, but I think they're just going to have a kick-ass match on Friday night, beat the hell out of each other. So whoever does end up winning comes limping into the finals and, you know, they'll make a courageous effort, but yeah. ultimately fall victim to, uh, to DMD. Uh, what do you think, Marco? Any chance that Britt Baker doesn't walk out of this with the, uh, the Owen Hart cup? Oh, definitely. No, definitely not. I think she's definitely destined to win this. Uh, you know, it's kind of looking like it's going to be, you know, DMD and uh, in the boom together as the uh, the co yeah. one hard finals. But um, I mean, when we get to that, I have some, I have some, I know I have some choice words for uh, Mister Mister Adam Cole um, oh coming up. So <laughs> yeah, I can. We'll roll right into it, man. I I think the same thing. Samoa Joe would be a great person to win it the first time, but. I, I feel like this is Adam Cole's his time. Uh, you know, he came yeah. up short on his his feud with Hangman. Sport. So <laughs> I think this is gonna Yeah. See what I did there? Literally. I think this is gonna be a chance for him to uh to kind of get some momentum back. And, and you know, AEW loves their couples. I think it'd be a nice little uh twist to see him and Britt both walking away as the first ever Owen Hart Cup winners. Plus, you know, they're really trying to make this ring of honor thing happen. Like it seems like every week on dynamite, there's random folks just coming out and it's like, Oh, from ring of honor. So, you know, you could have any one of those, uh, any one of those guys come out and kind of cost Samoa Joe the match. Uh, Jordan, I know you're a hardcore Samoa Joe fan. What do you think, man? Do you think he could take out the, uh, the Panama city playboy and win this thing? That little short shit is not beating Samoa Joe. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard enough of this slander of Samoa Joe for one show. (laughs) We aren't talking about Samoa Joe losing Adam Cole. I'm not here for it. 
Dude, I will never in my life pick against Samoa Joe. I don't care who he's wrestling. I, I love that yeah. dude. And yeah, all right, man. I, I laid off this short joke so that Adam Cole, but this is where it stops. Like, it, we're not having Adam Cole beat Samoa Joe. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I was going to say, like, physically, come on. Adam, I mean, obviously it's wrestling. We know it's predetermined. We know all this stuff, but come on, you you look at it Adam Cole, kinda, you look at yeah. Samoa Joe. You're telling me Adam Cole's walking out as the victor in this match? Yeah, this come would on. be a pretty cool kind of footnote for Samoa Joe's career too, because you know him and Finn won the first ever uh, Dusty Rhodes invitation or the, the Dusty Cup in NXT back in 2015. So you could say he won the first Owen and the first Dusty. That'd be pretty oh, neat. Yeah. Uh, Sheena, what's your prediction, Samoa Joe or Adam Cole? Uh, I mean, you guys know I've had beef with Samoa Joe for, for years and years. Uh, I'm, I'm going with Adam Cole. How dare you? I know. I'm just kidding. I love Samoa Joe, but I, I do think Adam Cole's going to come out on top of this for sure. I'm still holding out. Against- I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm interested. I'm still holding out hope that, you know, maybe those Ring of Honor jabronis I mentioned earlier, maybe they take out Samoa Joe in the pre-show yeah. and we got to have a mystery replacement and Kenny Omega's music hits, man. I just oh. feel like I was I was hoping Kenny was going to be the Joker. I just feel like he would be, I feel like he's perfect to win the first Owen Hart Cup because he, he works that similar style, you know, the style that Owen kind of paved the way for. He's Canadian. It just—I think it would just be a beautiful ending to see Kenny Omega winning this thing. I know it wouldn't make sense in kayfabe since he didn't participate at all in the tournament, but I think I think they missed when an has opportunity. That ever stopped any anything, you know? Yeah, true. I just—I think that uh, I think that really would have uh, would have been a way to really put this tournament over huge um, to to kind of get this thing established. But either way, Samoa Joe is kind of impossible. It's impossible for him to have a bad match, and I, I think this this is another one up there with the. House of Black and Death Triangle, potential to steal the show for sure. Uh, we got three matches left, our, our big championship matches. Um, I kind of hinted at it earlier, though. One person that is definitely missing off this card, Andrade. Like, where the heck is Andrade at? I don't know. Is he's, uh, they're in Mexico. He's getting married. Yeah, he's getting married. They're uh, having Charlotte. I mean, I mean, yeah, but I mean, Seth Rollins had a baby and was back like a month later, dude. Like, I don't understand well, well, let's, why. Let's, let's back it up. He didn't have a baby. His wife okay, his Seth wife Rollins had and Becky Lynch had had a kid. I mean, dude, and they was back like a month later. Dude, like, WWE so pulled, I had a baby. You were deployed nine days later. Dude, you WWE did, pulled know, Charlotte off TV. On. Like, I mean, it's not really that unheard of that AEW doesn't have uh, Andrade on, and who's really noticing that other than you? True. I don't know. I just I think Andrade is. I don't know. I, I think his, it, you know, we complained a little bit about how they're using Malachi Black earlier. I feel like Andrade could be bigger than it's Malachi same, Black. Exactly. Well, it's the same thing. I feel like AEW's done that with a few people. And I just, I don't know. You know, you hear the people say, oh, it's just overcrowded. They're just bringing in too many people. But I feel like they've, they've dropped the potential ball on a lot of people. Yeah. People you know? complain about WWE, like not utilizing people. At least Andrade was on TV. You know, he was United States champion. Uh, I think he had a run with the tag belts at one point. And on NXT, he was presented as, absolute absolute tippy top star yeah so yeah I don't, I don't know man i feel like we need more andrade in our life that dude still uh is just a i think he could be a future legend if he was used right yeah all right so we're down to our last three matches the big championships we'll start off with the tag team it's a triple threat we got team taz ricky stack ricky starks and powerhouse hobbs went up against jurassic express and keith lee and swerve sheena what's your thoughts on the triple threat so you guys know my absolute love for um, Jungle Express. I'm still going to call or Jurassic Express. I'm still going to call them Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus uh, until the until the very end. 
but I feel like um, they just haven't had the tag run that I feel like we all kind of expected. And I mean, maybe it's because of Christian Cage and his boringness. You know, I feel like maybe they should have just unhitched Christian Cage um, a long time ago. But um, I'm going to go with Keith Lee and Swerve on this one. I think they're going to be the new tag champions. Mm, yeah, I could kind of maybe see that just because we need to throw a title change in there. I don't know if Keith Lee and Swerve are kind of just been thrown together the last month or so, but same on the same hand, you know, team Taz really hasn't been doing a whole lot for yeah. the last year. Anyways, they kind of been, you know, on the treadmill as well, along with some other folks. So I think it'd be cool to make Keith Lee and Swerve, you know, I think it'd be a, a good way. And then you still have a built in storyline. Cause you have, you know, jungle, jungle boy and Christian could go on and have some beef. You know what I mean? Like, so then, you know, you're not just like dropping jungle boy out of the picture. Cause people yeah. still, people still love jungle boy. Yeah. The like, Christian no heel mistake. turn. Yeah. The Christian heel turn is definitely going to happen. And him and jungle boy are going to go at, it. I think that's going to be kind of the match where they kind of make jungle boy. Um, and there, there's not, you know, we'll get to the main event. Aside from that, there's not another obvious match where it looks like a title change is going to happen. So if you want to make this show meaningful, this would be the time to do it. Uh, what do you think, Jordan? Who would you see leaving with the belts? The uh, Team Taz or, or Keith Lee and Swerve? Th- this might be a hot take by me, but, dude, I just, I don't know, man. The Ever since Jurassic Express has been the champions, like, dude, I just feel like the tag division has never felt more, like, meaningless to me. I, Flat, I, yeah. I don't know why it is because, I mean, they're both awesome. It's just, I don't know, man. Like, we, when you go from... Uh, FTR and the Young Bucks and all those guys, like, dude, they haven't really had like a memorable match in this run, and it kind of has killed it a little bit. Um, yeah, it seems like they've been put on the back burner. And it, the other thing that's weird, it seemed like shortly after they won the belts, they gave a renewed push to FTR. You know, maybe yeah. it was just FTR busting ass they and did. making it happen on their own. But between you know their match with the Briscoes, winning the Ring of Honor belts, and the stuff they're doing with the AAA belts, it seemed like FTR was still like the most pushed um, tag team in the in the company. Uh, they started doing their masturbatory Bret Hart matches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Hangman. <laughs> yeah, I just I I feel like they got to do something. Um, I don't know if either one of these two teams is the right answer, but I don't know, man. It just feels like they got to give the tag division a jolt again, because, dude, I think it's pretty. I mean, I, I think this is like a unanimous thing that everyone thinks this. Like, AEW clearly has the best tag teams as a whole in the world. Maybe not For sure. the no best doubt. tag team, but they have the best tag teams as a whole. So I, I, I feel like you got to make this division meaningful again and do something. Like I said, I don't know if either one of these teams is the right move, but um, I love Keith True. Lee and Swerve. I was so. going to say, we've seen, we've seen what Keith Lee can do. Keith Lee is just charismatic. He's a good guy to be holding your title for your company, man. Like he's just, I, I don't think that's a bad move to go with Keith Lee. No, no, not at all. I don't, I'm not saying that like that would be a throwaway them winning. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I but just, I understand like they're not like they're not an established tag team like we've come to expect from AEW. Yeah, it, I'd be fine with them winning personally. Like I, I love everyone knows how much I like Keith Lee. I'm all about big dude season and Keith Lee is definitely in big dude season. So, um, yeah, I, I, I I'll go with Keith Lee and Swerve just because that's who I want to win. Um, I, I don't know if they necessarily will win though. So yeah, it should be a fun one. I could, I could equally see any of the three teams walking away with the, the belts at the end of this one. And that's always when wrestling's the best when there's not really a clear path forward storyline wise. 
let's go to the women's championship. Serena D versus Thunder Rosa. Uh, both of these wrestlers are absolute, absolute badasses in the ring. I'm sure this match is going to deliver. This build has been brutal, though. Both of them are awkward at best on the mic. Um, I think Thunder Rosa, she really... I don't think she needs to cut a promo. You know, I know that's been the standard way that wrestlers have gotten over and progressed their storylines since the attitude era. Um, but I think she's such a charismatic performer and she has such a way of getting the crowd behind her that she could really keep her interviews to, to a minimum. You know, um, they exposed her a little bit on this bill though. Cause it was very mm-hmm. talk heavy between her and Serena Deeb. Um, and you know, Thunder Rose is awkward. Serena Deeb is just horrible on the mic, like to just keep it real. Like she is yeah. just not good. She's a badass in the ring. She is an absolute badass in the ring, but she needs Can't a manager. Yeah, she needs a manager or something to do the talking for her. All that being said, I know this match is gonna kick ass. Another one will steal the show potential. Yeah. Uh Sheena, what do you think? Is there any way that Serena Deeb takes the belt from Thunder Rosa? No, I don't think this is the time, man. I think with this with this lackluster build, like you said, and kind of exposing both women what their weaknesses are, I feel like uh, Thunder Rose is going to retain. If you haven't listened to to uh, the two bad chads this week, I was cracking up when they were uh, they talked about she was top of the ramp Rosa, and they were doing this you know horrible Italian accent or uh, Irish accent, but it was so funny. They're like, you know, she built this whole thing at the top of the ramp, like any other you know, company would be like, Hey, go out there and have a match against so-and-so and and let so-and-so, you know, uh, let Serena Deeb come in and, you know, crash things out and build, build a little bit of heat, but no, they just let each other talk to each other at the top of the ramp. And it was just, man, it was, it was hard to watch for sure. Yeah. Marco, what'd you think of the build? Um, yeah, definitely think it could have been better. Um, like you said, they're definitely, their strong points, um, isn't on the mic. It's definitely in the ring. Um, and it definitely showed there, but like you say, it, it definitely has the potential to be, you know, match of the night quality. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Thunder Rose is definitely walking away with the title. I don't see, uh, Serena Deeb, um, taking it off. Her. I mean, she just won it essentially. So, I mean, yeah. and she, they built her to a point where, um, meeting Thunder Rosa that she's like, she's pretty much their, like their main woman star right now. So, um, next to, uh, Britt Baker. So, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Serena's time is now. Essentially, no. I think I think we still need to build to what we manifested at the end of last year on our kind of predictions for 2022 that uh, Jade Cargill needs to end up with both belts. She needs oh, yeah. to be the first dual champ in AEW. I yeah. think I think that's yeah. Her streak doesn't end until she grabs the actual women's world championship. All right, it's main event time. The AEW Championship, Hangman Page against cm schmuck um i i hate to say it because all signs are pointing towards punk getting the belt i'm gonna be absolutely sick in my stomach see <laughs> because i hate cm punk like i just he's i mean he's a good wrestler i guess but i just can't take the self-righteous bullshit on social media it just gets on my nerves um and he just he takes everything like seriously like to a fault like i just can't stand a guy uh, on a personal level i i think yeah, I just don't like him, and we I were, love Hangman, so I we hope were, Hangman knocks uh, We were his head talking off. about my beef with Samoa Joe, or my kayfabe beef with Samoa Joe, a little bit earlier. Um, I now officially have kayfabe beef with CM Punk or CM Schmuck, as we like to call him. Mine's <laughs> not kayfabe. <laughs> Fuck uh, CM Punk. But um, yeah, dude, it's it's so funny. I feel like the most heat that I've gotten in the last probably like four months have been like posts that I've made about CM Punk and it's just like people come out of the woodwork, man. Like it's, it's insane. People defending this guy. Yeah. I can't stand the guy. I, I, like I said, I'm pretty sure he's going to win, 
but I'm hoping against hope that somehow Hangman finds a way to uh, to hang on to the Well, belt. I got caught up in his return. You know, I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, it was cool to see all the wrestling fans feel feel good about it. You know, and he came back and did that really good feel-good promo and was like, bought everybody ice cream. And I was like, all right, man, we'll give this guy a shot. But yeah, it, it's slowly worn off. Like, I feel like it's just kind of not been worth its weight, you know? Yeah, I feel like Hangman even took it easy on him on the mic and the build, like... He never went for the kill shot of being, you know, I, I thought it was just waiting for him to just say, uh, bring up the UFC stuff, you know, like he talked about how, like on this past Wednesday, he was talking about how, you know, CM Punk's kind of a poser, doesn't even really care. Like, you know, I thought he could have said something the effect of the only reason you're here is because you washed out of UFC, you know, after two fights. But yeah, I don't know, man. What, what do you think, Jordan? But let's hear it. I know you like CM Punk. So, I mean, this is the problem. Like, when, when CM Punk was at his height, you guys weren't watching wrestling, right? True, um, true. I only knew the guy who spent seven years kind of looking down on the wrestling business, being a dickhead to his fans. And his and, friends. And his friends, yeah. We can't forget. I feel like he's gotten a pass for what he did to Colt Cabana, you know, screwing him out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. But yeah, you are right. I kind of missed the. I was never there for the rise of punk, so he didn't have any goodwill in the bank. I only saw the negative stuff. So this, this to me is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was not the biggest CM Punk fan even when it happened. It just, I don't know. Something about him just never like sat right with me. I don't know what it was. It just I kind of felt like, I don't know, man. Just everything I heard about him, like he went in the back and he's like not getting used properly and shit, and then the the pipe bomb thing happened and. I don't know, man. It it still like doesn't it still doesn't really like sit right with me. Like there's just something about him that I don't like. But I I do like him as a wrestler. I I don't want that to get lost in this. I I do like the wrestler CM Punk. Just like the person, I feel like he's a little, a little sniveling shit though. I just there's a lot there's a lot of things about him I don't like. Um, having said that, I agree with Seth. I, I don't see any way he does not win this. I just feel like whether it's the right move or not, they have to like put a shot in the arm of the top of the card. Um, I, and this is not a shot at Hangman. I don't feel like he's been bad or anything like that. It's just kind of, I don't know. Have you guys kind of felt like outside of a couple of matches, it's just kind of been flat? Like, yeah, he's just yeah. been, he's been presented as just babyface wrestler. Like, I would say it's a, not the exact same, but it's been a similar vein to. Seth Rollins babyface run after WrestleMania 35. You know, he's just good-hearted babyface. There hasn't been any real compelling story, you know. Um I mean, you know, MJF has been the one that's been getting all the storyline and stuff. MJF and Wardlow, that's what's gotten the most TV time. Mm-hmm. That's where they seem to be putting the most creative effort into in their storyline. Yeah. Um all Hangman stuff has just been like, "Hey, here's a new challenger. Have a badass match with them, you know, uh rinse and repeat." Mm. This is, is, oh, sorry, Marco. This is what we beg for, though. Like, we beg for them to bring up new people, right? So, like, I don't have a problem with MJF and Wardlow getting all this time because, dude, this is exactly what we have, like, begged WWE to do to make, like, the middle of the card feel relevant, right? Like, Wardlow and MJF are obviously closer to the top of the card, but it's still technically a mid-card match. There's no title attached to it or anything. And yeah. like I'm so I'm fine with that. Like I don't have a problem with that. I don't think that's a bad thing for AW because like a lot of people like Smarks are saying this is stupid. They're giving so much time to MJF and Wardlow. I like that. We need to know like more about like the next challenger because 
whoever wins that match is arguably going to be one of the next challengers, right? Like Wardlow oh, yeah. or yeah. MJF is going to challenge for the title. And I feel like I feel like that's a story that's been. I mean, it's been a year in the making, and MJF has arguably been one of the best performers. You know, like. I don't want to say in the ring because he's gotten better in the ring, but I feel like he's been one of the most entertaining performers that they've had since day one. Um, I don't think that's arguable. I think that's a hundred percent fact. Yeah. 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 He might be the MVP of AEW. I'm just, I'm mind blown hearing you say this Seth, because I've literally been telling you like, you know, I like MJF. MJF's awesome. You're like, no, F that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I really like MJF and I just feel like he's, he's earned this spot and you know, he's earned all of this time and he's, I mean, he's the best on the mic in AEW for yeah. sure. I mean, I, I would say this too, like with, with for me <clears throat> and uh, Jordan kind of hit on this a little bit. Me personally, I didn't, you know, I think Kenny Omega, um, you know, losing the title and then going, obviously he, he was injured. So he had to like take some time off. I think him leaving really hurt Hangman because um, him winning that title from Omega, that was, you know, he was due for a rematch. So like, that storyline would have been that that would have been a, a, like a pretty long storyline, like him and Omega going going back and forth, yeah. like fighting for the title. And I think Omega leaving kind of hurt hurt that momentum a little bit because now you got to like shuffle and you got to try to find somebody. Yeah, to face I agree Andrew. with that. And at the same time, he's he's not horrible on the mic. He's not the strongest though. Not the strongest, um, though. Yeah, he's, he's not still the strongest mic guy. And I think you know, even Jordan said this. Like, this is what we want. We want, we want, like, we want the young guys to get pushed. We want, we want new, fresh storylines and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, these guys have to get in the ring and they have to perform. Whether I thought he did, I thought he did good on Dynamite. I I like yeah. the promo against CM Punk where he uh, basically said, like, I'm saving. AEW from you. Okay. No, he does. He does thought, good, but there's definitely sometimes where you could see he's like, he doesn't got the most compelling yeah. word. So he's exactly. like, I see him doing that thing where he's like, I'm going to make up for it by just shouting what I got to say. I'm just going to yeah. say it really, really loud <laughs> yeah. and hope it covers for it. Marco, I think you made a great point about Kenny leaving hurting hangman because, um, not so much about the rematch, but I think the way it happened with that next dynamite, you know, me and Sheena were in the house for that, that yeah. next dynamite he after, didn't even come out. Yeah, he didn't come out. He just did the the solemn backstage babyface exit where he put over Hangman. He, put Hangman over. Yeah. he said, "Great job, Adam," and he said he had to go rest. And I think what that kind of that planted the seed right there that let everybody know. Okay, so Hangman barely beat Kenny Omega because remember that was a badass match, yeah. and he still yeah. he barely won that match. He barely beat Kenny Omega after Kenny had this epic run as the belt collector. So it kind of made it put it off like, yeah, you beat Kenny, but he was out of gas anyways by the time yeah. you beat him. You know, I feel like kind of diminished. Hangman's victory yep. a little bit. Um, yeah, really so yeah, there, there may like be that. something to that. Um, speaking of which, do you guys think we might see Kenny come out and uh, have a face off with whoever mm. whoever wins this? It's been about six months since we've seen Kenny Omega. I mean, I think it'd be cool if Hangman retained and then Kenny came back. I'd, I'd be here for that. You know, I know we're kind of running it back. Um, you know, we're talking about repeat storylines, but I'm here for that. I the only way I see Hangman winning this match is if he goes heel, like hits a nut, kick in the nuts or something like that. Well, you I think know? CM Punk is going to go heel. So yeah, my, that's my probably more is, likely. Yeah, yeah, I think CM Punk is going to go full-blown heel mode, dude. I think that's the story they planted the seed with, with Hangman, you know, basically calling CM Punk a, an imposter and stuff and letting him know that he's got to defend AEW from him. I think they were just setting it up for, you know, CM Punk turns heel and kind of laughs at the fans and stuff, but... You never know with the smart AEW audience. He may end up getting cheered even if he turns heel to win the belt. Oh no! It seems like there is 
he's got his followers, you know, for better or worse, I, you have to acknowledge it. He has got a lot of people who are chanting CM Punk every single week. I know, but I just feel like it's so quick. I feel like it happened fast. And not that CM Punk doesn't have the, you know, the it's history. Been eight yeah. Still though, man. I, I don't know. And he's undefeated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that too. I think so go back to the Kenny thing. I don't think Kenny comes out here. I think Kenny's a mystery opponent for somebody at Forbidden Door. Yeah, yeah I can see that. It'd be pretty cool. That would be yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a huge show. So what do you think? So what do you think? So let's say let's just fantasy book here for a minute, because we we've actually gotten through this card a little bit quicker than I thought we were going to. Let's say CM Punk wins. Who's he fight at Forbidden Door? CM Punk and Okada? I feel like Hangman and Okada would be a better match. He's not wrestling Okada. I feel like Hangman I feel like CM Punk and Jay White is probably the better stylistic. Yeah, I mean, if they're bringing Kenny that. if they're bringing Kenny back for Forbidden Door, they are running Okada and Kenny for the first time ever in the United States. There's no way they're yeah, not running that, that yeah. match. Yeah. That, that match definitely needs to happen. We got to see the American audience has got to see Kenny and Okada. So yeah, good call. Either way, AEW pay-per-views are you know they've replaced NXT takeover since that's not even a thing anymore is the absolute best bang for your buck wrestling cards it's going to be a fun show yeah. if you haven't been watching a lot of AEW um still get it it's going to be a great way to uh lead into Memorial Day and I know it's going to be an awesome show uh Sheena do we have any listener mail yes we do all right First question comes in from our buddy from Coming Down the Aisle podcast, Jay Bone. Pod John, Foundation member. Pod Foundation member. He says, happy you guys are getting settled into your new home and adventure. What has been your favorite part of living in Tennessee so far? The fishing. The fishing. <laughs> yeah. I have, so don't get me wrong, man. I really don't want to come off as I'm complaining. Me and Sheena are very fortunate. We got basically our dream house. Um, and it was, just, again, it was through a, some coincidences, some good luck, and... Uh, you know, just things working out in our favor. So I don't want to come off as I'm complaining, but moving is a royal pain in the ass. We have a lot of stuff, like just shit that we don't even need that I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, why the fuck did I bring this Dude, from Virginia? When the, when the truck pulled up yesterday, there was two whole trucks. Um, and uh, I mean, the first truck was like, they, they pulled all the stuff off and it was a lot of like, you know, big pieces. And then they started unloading all the boxes. And I was like, what is in, and I purged. If you got you guys followed me, I know yeah, Jordan, got rid of and, a lot of Jordan stuff. and Marco followed me for sure. And yep. I got rid of mm. so much stuff. I mean, I sold <laughs> so much stuff on Marketplace. I put so much stuff out on my curb for free. I, took I sold so a J Strongbow Elite. Idiot. <laughs> so sold oh, the man. most rare elite of all time. Oh Ugh. man. Uh we were we were really doing some serious purging. <laughs> um and then the truck pulls up and I'm just like I'm like, holy shit. I mean, there was like layers and they kept pulling like layers of boxes off. And I was like, and they were marked. And I was like, I don't even know where this is supposed to go. Put it in storage, you know? Um, so we have so much stuff to go through. But I like Tennessee. I like that we're out in the country. This is the first time in a very long time um, that we haven't lived near the ocean. You know, uh, we we have our, our beach loving hearts uh, and uh, it, it's a little bit different. We got the Mississippi River over here to the to the west. But um I've just liked, you know, our house specifically is set up for like, you know, a homestead and stuff. So we have like our goat barn and uh, our chicken coop and all that stuff. So I've got some chickens and I'm just looking forward to like really diving into that. And I've got my garden beds and everything. So I'm I'm happy. So 
It's good. So, and being close to family, that's nice. I mean, even though we just come out of six weeks of living with family and we're ready to be in our own space, being that close to the grands will definitely offer Seth and I. I mean, we're getting to go to SummerSlam. That probably wouldn't have happened if we were living in Virginia. You know, and so. you're that much closer to the Fig God now. So, like, I, I can drive down there on <laughs> we, a random we weekend. I know we were so close to Marco the whole time and never got to see him because the world was, you know, lost its damn mind. And, uh, yep. you know, now, uh, now we've moved out West. So it's, it's only a, a short 10 hour drive from, from Nebraska, <laughs> from the corn, from the cornfields to, uh, to Tennessee, but loving it so far, I think we'll be extremely happy here. Johnny JB says, if Sasha and Naomi are done with WWE, would you like to see them in AEW and who would you like their first opponent to be as singles wrestlers? Um, I'm kind of indifferent on both of them at this point. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it'd be interesting, but there's a, I'd rather see Ember Moon show up before either one of those two in, uh, in AW. if we're talking ex WWE stars who need a place to land, yeah. um, yeah. as our, as our women's wrestling expert, Jordan, what do you think? <laughs> okay. So I don't know. The, this whole thing has just rubbed me the wrong way. Like Sasha has turned into a, like a really entitled person. And I just, I fucking hate it because she's awesome. Um, I feel like she would fit better in AEW. I feel like Naomi, if if she's really done with WWE, is more of like an impact person. I, mm, I, don't, I don't see that. I just, I, dude, I just don't see Naomi being like a top star in AEW. Like Sasha would definitely be a top star. And that, oh, that's yeah. not a knock on Naomi. Like, I don't think Naomi's bad or anything. I just. Naomi needs, Naomi needs the WWE presentation, yeah. I think, more yeah. than, more than Sasha Banks does. She's just, yeah, she's fully ingrained in, like, I see her as a WWE superstar first and like a wrestler second, if that makes sense. Yeah. Not that she's not a tremendous performer. But yeah, she's just she's WWE through and through. Whereas Sasha Banks, I feel like she could go anywhere in the world and be successful. But, but yeah, I agree. My you know my my take on the whole situation is like that's what you got. If, if everything that we're hearing is you know the whole story, which I'm sure there's more to it, but yeah. from what we've been presented so far, it just seems like that's what made you walk out in the middle of a show and and quit. You know what I mean? After you got fans there to see you and stuff, um, and, and it sounds like that's a lot of the kind of the the feeling backstage also it seems like folks are uh, a lot of the wrestlers aren't really on their side either on this one and let me be the first to say i'm i'm fully on board with if you're not happy somewhere and somewhere is not you know there's no sense in wasting your life and your time especially when you put in as much time and energy as they do to be a wwe superstar especially at sasha banks level um then don't do it right Mm -hmm. but to say that like, oh, you're mad about this, like what says Sal, you're mad about this match that you're in or that you're mad that the tag teams, the tag championships weren't presented properly in your opinion and you walk out because of that. And and you've been a part of like every like revolutionary women's history, like match in women's history in the past freaking, you know, five years. It just pisses me off because I'm like, you've gotten to do everything. You know, you've been in WrestleMania matches, you have like, you know, broken down barriers and done hell in the cell matches and like main tra- event of WrestleMania. Yeah. Tra- main event of WrestleMania. You've done all this stuff and you're going to complain. Like there's women that would like kill to have a fraction of the accomplishments and the accolades that you have been given. And I don't want to say given because she's a hell of a wrestler and a talent. Well. Yeah. But the opportunities that, that she's been given in WWE, I just feel like, she really doesn't have room to complain. So right. Maybe this is just me. I 
I don't know how much you of truth you can take from the internet, obviously, but it sounds like it wasn't just that night. Like, it sounds like this has been brewing for like two years. Um, a little bit of this is the, she didn't get promoted for star Wars stuff, whatever it is, what it is. Um, but I feel like she thinks that Charlotte and Becky have been presented differently than her. And I know 100% that she thinks she's a superior wrestler to both of them, which whatever it is, what it is, that's for an argument for another day. I don't know, man. There's just, I feel like there's a lot more to this that we'll probably never get to hear. Um, Cause dude, Sasha is talented. Nobody's ever going to say she's not. It's just, I don't know. The entitlement is just too much for us sometimes. And I don't know. And yeah. Well, I don't know why you can't just, just quit the next day, man. Like yeah. just wait. If, I get it. If there's, it's, if it's been built up, that's fine. Quit on Tuesday yeah. morning. Why quit on the middle of the show on Monday? What yeah. is Naomi walking out for though, dude? She's literally, they didn't do, she was part of the Funkadactyls and she's been women's champion. She's <laughs> been tag team champion. They kept her husband around like, dude, you should be so gracious that she got her own. She got her own custom title. I, yeah, I, I, she was down Miss Champ. I want to hear what her gripe is for the. I think she's. I think she got caught up. She got caught up in the peer pressure with Sasha. Sasha got her all hot, dude, and was like, you know, we we deserve uh, we deserve better than this, you know, and you know how it is when your friend gets you all pumped up. You're like, yeah, Seth screw does these it to me guys. All, Seth does it, it to me all the time. Yeah, Seth's <laughs> gonna, Seth's gonna talk you into doing some dumb shit one day. Yeah, yeah exactly. one day. What do you mean one <laughs> day? <laughs> yeah. He's gonna be like, he's going screw your insurance business. You know what? Well, you don't want to be in insurance. You want to be in. You want to do something else. You know, yeah. and if you, you're gonna walk out and be like, what the hell did I just do? I would say, I would say, if you want to hear like in depth analysis, we did like 45 minutes on uh, on that alone on the uh, Sasha Naomi thing. Yeah, um, it's just there's a there's a lot of details that came out within the past couple of weeks, like. Um, I read also that they didn't leave during the show. It was actually a few hours before the show even happened. Um, so that was, that was another like tidbit that came out. Um, and it, it, did you guys read the storyline stuff where, you know, it was basically, uh, Naomi was in a face, um, Bianca Belair, um, at, uh, hell in a cell or something like that. And then, uh, Sasha was in a face, uh, Ronda Rousey had money in the bank, um, yep. But in between that time, there was no, there's nothing going on with the tag, tag titles. It was just going to be them, you know, just, you know, playing, you know, squash matches with, with the two champions essentially. And I don't think they, uh, wasn't the, what, wasn't the tag titles, wasn't that what she left for before? Like, wasn't Supposedly, that, that's when, when she was having Bailey, her like, yeah, yeah, when her and Bailey lost the belts at to the Iconics, 35. right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. It, I, the other thing I read too was, I guess this past WrestleMania it was supposed to be. It's supposed to be, I guess they wanted Sasha. She supposed to be Sasha Banks and uh, Ronda Rousey for the for the championship. I'm not sure how mm-hmm. the belt was going to get off of Charlotte, um, but that that was the original plans, I guess. And then it, I, I guess they went with Charlotte instead um, for some odd reason. Mm-hmm. But like like Jordan said, it's been built. It's been brewing for like a few years. Um, Sasha, Sasha's um, walked out anyway. But Naomi, um, I read that it was also something with the. Uh, with her being a part of the bloodline, that was something that was pitched by her like numerous amount of times. And I guess it's, I, it think, that, I down, think that like, would have been made, dude. I don't know why they never went that direction. I mean, I don't know if they just don't think Naomi was ready for it or whatever, but I feel like she could have fit in like a yeah. glove. 
And yep. they, I feel like the, the bloodline would be elevated with a chick in there, you know? Yep, it definitely. Just, it just looks cool. It feels cool. Like, I just, you know, and they're real, they're real life family. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like that's, that would have been cool. Yeah. But, you know, no, no use looking back now. Um, Zach Hertzler says, glad you guys are getting settled into the new home, but I have to know what may be on the menu for double or nothing. We don't have any plans yet. We don't even have a refrigerator yet. <laughs> So we've been living out of a cooler for six days. So we may just order uh, order some pizza and and call it a night. You guys got anything special planned for for meals for double or nothing? Um, I mean, I'm going to. Uh, I'll be at a cookout earlier in the day, so I'll probably just be just eating take some in. leftovers. Yeah, yeah, bring some leftovers home and you know get make stuffed. you a plate. Yeah, just be stuffed all the way through and probably not make it through the whole pay per view because I'll pass out from being. <laughs> that, that'll be that'll be me seth will be like nudging me waking me up for uh hangman cm punk um what about you jordan anything on the menu i think we'll probably just do pizza like memorial day weekend sunday night i mean the, oh i forgot about it being memorial day weekend yeah, yeah there's there's just not a whole lot of uh want to do anything sunday night so yeah we'll probably just order some pizza or something and just hang out and watch the show all right alex eubank I think this is uh, this is directed at me. Would you rather have one horse sized chicken or twenty chicken sized horses <laughs> on your mini farm? I would like to have twenty chicken sized horses. Real talk, that would be like the that would be like a dream. Just having like little mini horses running around. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. Hey, shout out to Alex. Also, he's got his steadfast uh, clothing company launched this week. Some cool things. I'm actually rocking You're rocking the shirt, the launch shirt right now. So yeah, really quality stuff, and definitely give them a follow. Uh, they get some nice designs. All right. Jamie D Progetto. Please tell me if I didn't pronounce that right, Jamie. It's our uh, newest uh, Foley fan member. Yeah. New Foley fan member. And I, and if you're new around here, I'm great at butchering uh, people's last names. So he said, I honestly think that the punk page feud is kind of lame. They're both trying their best, but I think it's premature to have punk going for the title. Same with, uh, same when Cole was going for it. Either way, who are your top three wrestlers? you'd want to face Paige after he wins on Sunday. So he's going for Adam Page like myself. Mm, very, very smart way to make a good first impression with your first time in the Q&A segment because, yeah, <laughs> fuck CM Punk. Um, <laughs> I would say Andrade, Malachi Black, and then eventually Jungle Boy. I still mm. think there's a lot of money in the, uh, the in, in Jungle Boy's rise to uh, the world championship level. So I'll go yeah. those three with maybe, maybe Jungle Boy in a year or so. That's good. You guys got anybody you want to see uh, – Adam Page face when he wins and retains on Sunday, guys? Uh, I would go Malachi, Wardlow. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, I, I really want to see Darby wrestle for the main title, honestly. Like, I, I love that guy yeah. so much. I mean, he ain't going to win, but I, I love yeah. Darby, so I'd go Darby. I think Darby could be world champ, dude. He would be over like Rover, man. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Yeah, what if what if Sting got on like some HGH man and had one last <laughs> run, dude? Oh, dude like, I'm here for it, f- I, dude. I think he's got. He would have to get on some fucking. Like I said, he'd have to get on some HGH or some kind of gas, dude, for sure. I think he's got one more legit main event match left in that body, though, man. Oh my! Ultimate gosh. Warrior's got some juice left in his uh, in his storage <laughs> locker. Get on the Jim Hellwig <laughs> diet for about a month. <laughs> And then let's see what you got, baby. 
I mean, you want to pop a buy rate, dude? Give Sting a world title shot, man. Oh my it, god, it, it would work. Oh my wow. god, dude! I think that would be like one of the highest selling pay per views ever, and not even just AEW. Like, and can you imagine if he somehow won? I think I'd have tears, bro. I think I would have tears, man. Dude, if, imagine uh, Shivani announcing won. Sting won the title. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. All right, that wraps up listener mail for tonight. All right, so the trivia questions have not gotten unpacked yet, so we'll, we'll uh, I'll, I'll renew my streak once uh, in one of the coming episodes. But, but yeah, that's a wrap for tonight. We want to remind you guys to follow all the Pod Foundation shows. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco running the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. Join all the Foley fam fun at chickfoleyshow.com. And like Seth said, follow all of our Pod Foundation brethren at Pod Foundation. All right. That is a wrap. Uh, Sheena, it's your first time really podding in about a month. So hit us with some closing thoughts as we head into Double or Nothing. Oh, man. You're going to ask me this on like my super tired brain. Um, Let's go, Hangman. Thank you.